This is a download from MFR. The 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti. Yeah, they would have these rules saying, you know, I sawed off my own foot, I snogged my own sister, yeah? I was once a lawyer, then I became a therapist. What am I? I'm a, I'm a, I'm an overall. It's like, what? How'd you get to that from that? Here's what to do. Drive in front of my car, tail me off so I stop my car, pull me through my own driver's window and punch me in the face. If you see my car with this car sticker on it. When she's got the wet t-shirt oh, up against no. the side of a thimble giving it Bye bye, look at the good time It's like, look at the good time I can't do nothing but look at your breasts right now if you don't mind The 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti Welcome to episode 2 of the 80s Rewind Again podcast with me, Paul Stevenson, presenter of MFR2's 80s Rewind show, and alongside me, the man that doesn't leave the house without drinking three cans of Red Bull and downing four tubes of Smarties. I am, of course, talking about MFR Breakfast's Gino Conti. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. I don't want to say it too much. I've suddenly got a glitter, and that's just going to make you think about things you don't want to think about. Rubik's Cube. Finished. Get my face. Okay then, thank you very much to everyone that got in touch after podcast one. Yeah, I tell you Tremendous what, um, response. Paul and I were, were bricking it big time. We did this podcast, we didn't know what you wanted out there, we didn't know what to put into it, we had a, a, think, a think about it, we put it together. Really? Did we think about uh, it? Well, sort of. We had an itinerary, <laughs> yep. and uh, we put it together, and we were just hoping for the best, and uh, you've been really, um, how can I put this? We've had loads of downloads, really loving that fact, and lots of you uh, putting um, little responses onto iTunes and stuff, mm. saying how much you liked it, things like that, so we're hoping that we are... Living up to the hype with episode two. Episode two, we have in this feature for you an interview with the legend. We kind of half briefly kind of mentioned it last episode, but it is in this episode, Joey Tempest from Europe. We're living together, together, but still we stand tall. He can make a jump out his own hair. I love him. <laughs> He's a wonderful man. And we also speak to um, the man from The Stranglers, the guy that was the front man of the punk band that kind of uh, took over the world at one point, Hugh Cornwell as well. That's Hugh Cornwell from The Stranglers, not Hugh Cornwell, The Strangler. No, that no. is a big distinction and to can make. I just I'm, say, I'm glad you cleared it up. Yeah, thanks. If you're in your TV shows and your movies, right, especially anything mafioso based, because they love a strangle, all I'm going to say is this: it takes about eight minutes to strangle someone. You don't just get like this, for example, this keyboard, this 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 cable from my headphones, and put it on someone's neck and go. <laughs> you don't. That doesn't happen because that's what they what? do in the programs. So, how how do you know how long it takes to strangle somebody? Because I, I read it up it because I was getting very annoyed. You know, when Luca Brazzi gets done in Godfather One, I'm thinking, wait a bloody minute. Look at the size of that man. Hey, takes him like seven seconds to strangle him. He's like the size of a house. Hey, how long did it take for the house in the Wizard of Oz to get blown up into the air for? Uh, oh look, there's Anne Mae doing the knitting on the rocking chair, and she goes, and, see. Tell you what, if I wasn't scared of you Logistics before, I'm ball. scared of you now. Logistics. That's all I can say. Anyway, Hi. before we move on to uh, talking about the rest of the, the episode, because we have a Knight Rider feature in we there. We do. Um, which has been put together by Mr. Conti himself. Yes, it has. Knight Rider's 30 years old. Can you believe it? It's crazy. And because we're in October, we're going to do a little bit of a Halloween special. Not give anything away just yet. Oh, no need for the fright. You don't need so to fight me. Just fight me. Sorry. All right. But yeah, plenty to come. But we thought we'd, we'd just... 
give a few name checks just so that people are actually bothered to get in touch after yeah. episode one. So thank you very much. Yeah. If, if this is your, your second listen, say if you've done episode one, yep. you've subscribed, listened to episode two, thanks very much for the download. Really appreciate it. Just want to say thanks as well uh, to David Danoon who emailed me and says, hey, uh, started listening to your podcast this morning on Way to Work in Perth. That's Perth as in North of Scotland, not, not Perth, Australia. Australia. Okay. And he says, almost peed myself when you referenced your mum's catalogue going missing, drawing on personal experiences. Ha, 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 to feed. Animal. That's all I can say. I know. Um, big thank you to the people who have uh, mentioned us on iTunes as well. Scottish Jen, to May McGee, and to Babushka79. I'm, I'm thinking. Babushka, I'm thinking that's going to be Kate Bush. She's not going to put Kate Bush out there. She's just going to call herself some sort of pseudonym. Babushka. So Kate Bush likes yeah. us. I'm yeah. gonna, I don't care if that's true or not. I like that. Yeah, I think that she's done a good thing yeah. using Babushka. Babushka. That's a great song. It is great. Tune. Babushka, what? And she's like, ah, yeah, Heathcliff. It's me, okay, feel. Big thanks also to uh, Kate Bush. I tell you what, I'm three <laughs> grand away and I'm tri- I, a round trip to Holland and £3,000 worth. I could be Kate Bush. <laughs> you could be. <laughs> Thank you very much N Simpson He mentions us Saying utter brilliance What else could one expect From Britain's breast 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 Best broadcaster even That's you I'm the breast You're the broadcaster breast, breast, That's breast, not easy breast. to save Paul Honestly not, And the thing either. is We've been drinking Need to watch <laughs> Just kidding Yep uh, Gerald Holdsworth said Very good Extremely funny Well done Thank, Thank you. Very Thanks much, so much. Yep. And C. Hawthorne, bit of a long one this, but I'll, I'll try and make my way through it. I stumbled across this a few nights ago, having listened to it in full, felt compelled to leave a comment. I was genuinely surprised at the quality of the product. Why? Well, maybe Why you just thought... Because maybe... I've been, I've been there myself. I've been on a podcast, and I thought, oh, I like this subject. See, it's racing cars, or it's women, um, or it's maybe like um, making sort of papa mache animals. <laughs> and I downloaded the podcast thinking, I hope I can make a papa mache T-Rex by the end of this. And he's like doing... He's doing like, I don't know, he's doing goldfish. And it's like, what? What like podcast is this? <laughs> Put this down. I'm just going to go back in a minute. I'm just going to just lose this anger, because I want this to be a happy place. I don't... Do-do-do-do... Gino has left the building. You can come back whenever you want. That's it. Thank you very That's much. Right, I just went outside. I just went outside and counted to ten. Good, that was a quick yeah. ten. Anyway, he continues. He says, unaware of the show or their personalities beforehand, I found them both engaging and with a real rapport. Well, that is my favourite review. Thanks very much for that. Appreciate it. He also says, the guests were very impressive and very relevant for a fan of the 80s, such as myself. This first podcast has set the bar very high and I wait with bated breath to see if any future instalments can match up. Nothing like putting a bit of pressure on, I is know, there? totally. To- listen, Up put to that way, point, I was quite happy with this guy. This we will be hitting the bar if we set the bar, bar too high, <laughs> if we don't get as many downloads second time around. We want it to be an episode three. And can you just say something? Yes. Um, a friend of mine listened to the podcast and he said that he loved the way you said one word. When you were talking about Bill Bowman... Biscuits. No, no. When you were talking about Bill Bowman and you said they go out afterwards and they get absolutely... Trousered. Beautiful. Yeah. And we've even had a bit of uh, feedback on the US iTunes because that's all pretty much UK based. That's what we see. Yeah. Whereas if you're a US uh, subscriber and you're over there and you've got the, what was the IP address and all that kind of stuff, it's set short with the US. Do you stuff. have to be a US citizen? I don't know. Because you've seen the hoops you've got to jump through. No, wow. <laughs> Sounds bad. Anyway, Andrea Mason, she says, uh, Good job, guys. Not only do I get the delight of listening to the Scottish accents, <clears throat> but they are quite entertaining as well. Yeah. So thank you very much. Yeah. To thank our you. American uh, listeners. Andrea, that's honestly, that's really nice here. Yeah, really nice here. And one more feedback that we got, uh, a couple a couple actually, Neil in Forrest, he says, if we get the Nick Kershaw riding a donkey on a Blackpool Beach t-shirts made up, then he's the first one on the list to get one. Let's see what I can do. I think I actually looked into this and it was going to cost us something like 15 grand of our own money just to get 10 pressed and I thought that's a bit is that Is that with or without Nick Kershaw's knowledge? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. obviously that would just go, oh. oh that's true actually, yeah. I could make a call. He's a friend of mine obviously. Oh, we'll see what that's happens, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see yeah. what happens. If we get the t-shirts sorted out, we'll let you know. And uh, one last one, Gareth Mackay, he said, uh, Lilo 
of um, the 80s quiz shows as much as you, Paul. Please, could you do a podcast on 80s quiz shows in the future, such as Family Fortune, Strike It Lucky, Blockbusters, Bullseye, Countdown, Blankety Blank, Dusty Bin, and uh, Every Second Counts. I don't think it was Dusty Bin. It was one, two, three, but yeah. Fantastic. It was, uh, it was three, two, one. Three, two, one. Yeah, three, and it, yeah. Was, it, was, it was Ted. <laughs> he always looked a bit dodgy, eh? He looked oh, really dodgy. Yeah, he had, a, he had a dodgy pinky ring and stuff, and he had like really like blue blue suits, and he'd come on and he'd go, Dusty Bin says three two one, and then they would have these the riddles. Hand thingy as well. the, yeah, they would have these riddles. Said, you know, I sawed off my own foot, I snogged my own sister. Yeah, I was once a lawyer, then I became a therapist. What am I? I'm a, I'm a, I'm an overall. It's like what? How'd you get to that from that? What are you playing it? Somebody by, behind the scenes was licking pH paper, going like, ah, I love acid. I know that's the 90s, but do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I think I know what you're trying to say. You, you know mentioned what? kissing your sister again, well, which honestly, is quite scary. You've brought up two podcasts in a row now. I used to sit there on a Saturday night with my Italian granny. She'd sit there going, It's bloody terrible, this show, terrible. It's a disgrace. Me think it's going to be a cause line. It comes around, it's a caravan. She used to go mental, sitting on her apron, you know, wiping stuff off. Then stirring the pasta sauce, coming back, you know? It's crazy. It Weird. is crazy. Um, so, yeah, Gareth Mackay... Um, uh, we probably could do a podcast on 80s quiz shows I quite like that I'm a big fan of all that that could be could maybe like a Christmas special we'll do something yeah like that, maybe yeah. we'll do something like that in the future yeah so stay tuned anyway right because we've got Joey Tempest from the band Europe then we thought we'd give you our top five songs inspired by the fact we've got Joey Tempest and it is Europe bands or artists from Europe is this going to happen every time this happens I don't know we see this. I thought you were pressing the button have we got Phil Collins in a gorilla suit next door? <laughs> as soon as we see Europe, he goes... It is a nightmare. So anyway, we're going to choose our best five songs from European acts. Okay? And I'll let you start, Gino Conti. Thanks, pal. Your favourite song from the continent. Favourite song for me was uh, from Norway, the Aha Boys, mentioned episode one of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Again, I mentioned episode two. Yeah, fell in love with them straight away when Take Me came on. I even learned Norwegian. Uh, right, Norwegian, listen, <laughs> listen, I did. I learned Norwegian to try and get girls at school and stuff, right? Because I, I, I dressed like Martin Harker. Aha. So this is what I hear some Norwegian. Here we go. Go for it. <clears throat> it's been a few years. Hold on. <clears> Hi, <throat> mit navn er Morten. <laughs> My name is Morten. Eh? <laughs> no, because we just fly off. Uh, second up for me is Kraftwerkton. The model. Amazing. Oh, good tune, good tune. And they were German, yeah. However, the song makes me want to punch oh. Billy Joe. Because Billy Joe, right, during the eighties, he tried to hypnotise us, Billy Joe. He tried to he tried to fill our, our head full of this this, well, this he was an angry guy back in the eighties, Billy Joe, wasn't he? Certain, you know, it's like unbelievable. Billy Joe said to say, Look, I'm a mechanic, you know, I've got a uh, my mechanic place you can just drive drive through in my motorbike and then I do my shift and I drive off on my motorbike and the sort of clientele we get it's not big fat men going well I tell you what the van was making a funny noise in the way here I don't care what it is like I've just had the filter done it was like beautiful women coming and going hi Billy can you fix my car yeah and stuff like that and it's like you know I mean what women What's goes to a guy with craft work well, the model, she was a model, Christine Blakely, whoever it is. She now does the one show. She was a model. She married Billy Joe Hurf in the mo- and she was in the video, right? And the thing is that really annoying me about that is the fact that, now, because this is an 80s podcast, right. we don't have to be that PC, okay? We'll okay. just, right? Okay. So, this is what I'm trying to say. She goes into a garage, right? It's very difficult for a woman, A, to go into a garage and not be perved on, and B, right? 
to be extremely overcharged for an MOT, yeah? She gets home and she thinks, right, they did my MOT, they changed my brakes, and they fitted a flux capacitor. Really? <laughs> that would be true, actually. So I do oh, like man. traffic the model, but it reminds me too much of Billy Joel, so I get, I get Billy Joel, so I get quite upset with that. And uh, Falco, Rock Man with Ace, is song number three. <laughs> What I loved about Falco the most was the fact he didn't make a big deal about having a speech impediment. Yeah, he didn't win <laughs> Pop Idol because of it. Yeah, he just went and did his come and me, I'm a do He did that. <laughs> uh, next up for me, it has to be Hula Iglesias. Oh, Ma- right. Many a hit. And I love Hula Iglesias because um, I have got his Greatest Hits CD album. No, that doesn't surprise me. I bought it a long time ago and it's going to help me, it's going to fund me through my midlife crisis when oh. I get my convertible car and I'm driving around and I'm listening to Hula Iglesias because, okay... You could just be driving. This is this is pre pick up a pick up a date. You drive along and you've got Hula Glacius and Bill Will and Nelson giving it to all the girl I love before. And then listening, right? And you're driving along and you don't need to hear that because that's not the coolest Hula Glacius record, right? Then when you pick it up, you turn the get the second CD of the double CD album in, you put it in. Right. It's all in Spanish. And she's like, oh my god, I love you. Yeah, and then you finally by get the roof up and before you know it, you're going to see Billy Joel and you're getting your own MOD done. I'm glad you thought this through. I have. Good. Just a little bit. Took a couple of notes. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to learn how to speak like Hula Glacis, just make sure that you clear your throat every time you see the letter J and H. Do you want to give it a shot? J. Yeah. And then H. <laughs> see, it's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're like Fernando Torres. Don't say that to me. And the <laughs> final one for me has to be my third cousin. What's the matter, you? Hey, God, I know. What's the matter, you? Hey, God, I know. Honey, I think you do dodgy. It's not so bad. He's not Italian. It's an. See, see what? He says he's your third cousin. He's not Italian. Shut up with your face. He oh. is Italian. He's not? He totally is Italian. He's, born he's in got a. He's lived all his life in Australia or something. Son of a gun. Wait, I tell my. This, is gonna, this will kill my dad. <laughs> Does Big Enzo not know this? Not now, not at the moment. Um, Big Enzo. Oh. I need another. I need another number five from you. I'm not taking that. I'm not accepting that, people. Give me another number Hold five. Hold on. How do you feel? I need to think. Think quicker. Come on. Come on. There's have to be a tally. Number five it can be whatever you want it to be, as long as it's from Europe. Oof. Sabrina. Boys, boys, boys. It had to be the video where she's got the wet t shirt oh, up no. against the side of a thermal giving it. Boys, boys, looking for a good time. It's like, look at my good time. I can't do nothing but look at your breasts right now if you don't mind. Remember late at night, used to get the. Was it like James Whale or whatever it was in the UK? And he'd always have the dodgy videos to show you. And uh, you got like. I'm sure there was an X rated version of that one. I remember. They showed it on a Friday night. I didn't see my pal David until school on the Monday, <laughs> right? He didn't turn up at school. We're all sitting there going, Where's David? Where's David? Boy had gone into a coma. Hey, he got that overexcited watching Sabrina. It was unbelievable. I remember running down the stairs saying to my mum and dad, saying, Did you see that, that video that was on? that video. Mum's like, Ah, oh, that reminds me, I need to get Kleenex. Okay then, thank you very much, Dino Gante. Right then, some sensible suggestions from myself now. Right, that's my that's my five, so you need five European songs on artists. Let's hear it. Okay, number five, I'm going to start with one that you probably won't have heard of. Bolland and Bolland, have you heard of them? Brothers, from Holland. Bolland and Bolland. 
They, um, is it a Dutch thing <laughs> that your name must rhyme from the place you come from? Scritti <laughs> Bolletti from Italy. <laughs> so Bolland and Bolland, yeah, they actually did In the Army Now. They did the original. Oh, they it was the status quo. Yeah. Status Quo heard it, thought it was a great tune. They, uh, it was, I think, that was their biggest hit of the eighties actually for Status Quo, and they named the album after it and everything. It was a big selling success, but it was Bolland and Bolland that did it originally. Superb. Yep. So that's uh, an old one. Going back to uh, my choice from before, Sandra Maria Magdalena. Sandra was a German singer. You're looking at me blankly here. This is probably my obscure 80s musical knowledge here. But yeah. Sandra, in the mid to late 80s, was bigger than Madonna across Europe. Wow. She outsold Madonna across Europe. She was a massive star. And the big song for me was Maria Magdalena. Absolutely brilliant tune. Check it out. Okay. Number three, a band which is probably more known for the 90s, but they did have one in 1989 for me. Roxette, The Look. Love that tune. That is an amazing tune. Of all the rocks, if I'm on the radio and I get to play a rock set tune, that's what I'm hoping for. You're not Mr. Bean. It's like, shut your face, eh? Number two, at the time, I, I, I didn't know where to look. I didn't know what to do. Vanessa Parody, Jolie Taxi. Jolie Taxi. But she had that sort of voice as well, I think, that really made the tune. Do you know what I mean? She said, do the taxi. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to know, like, oh. I love French people, French women in particular, do you want to know what the French word for foreplay is? They don't have one. <laughs> Boom! And number one, my favourite tune from a band from Europe is from a band from Holland again. Ooh. Yeah, surprising. And uh, the original name in Holland is Vof de Kunst. <laughs> Man, this gets moderated. Does hey, it? I thought I was pushing it with a Kleenex. No, joke. no, no, no. Vofty Kunst. That's what. I'm, well, you just control. What's wrong with you? Vofty Kunst. What's the name so, of the band? Why? Why is so, the band's called? Why are you so angry? I'm not. I'm just saying the band's called Vofty Kunst. Not a football match. This is Vofty a podcast. Vofty Kunst. I don't know how many times I can say this. I'm glad you're seeing it. <laughs> so yeah, Vofty Kunst, better known to us here in the UK as the Art Company. <laughs> Susanna. Oh yes. That's an amazing tune. It is a great tune. That's my number one. And I don't know if you've seen or remember the video, but it's uh, it's kind of filmed like a dodgy barn sort of thing. And there's um, like a living room scene on the go, and the guy sat next to the girl, who's obviously Susanna, and he's kind of giving it the trying to get in and about her. And you've got like a, a row of people watching from upstairs, and there's a telephone box, and he gets there, and he's why no me? Oh, and they all sing along. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, cool, sounds cool. Great tune. This, but this is what I love about doing this sort of thing about the podcast. The fact, the fact that it's it's eighties rewind, it's eighties rewind again because you listen to the podcast, we bring stuff. Up, I mean, I don't know how many uh, things I went to check out last last podcast. For example, I checked out to see how many Sylvester Stallone movies Jimmy Jameson was singing on, right? And lo and behold, the no. movie Lock Up 
right? I'm no without a lie. I was lying on my couch, just about to have my siesta. <laughs> I thought I watched the end of Lock Up. I started it the other night, watching the the movie Lock Up, and at the end, ever since the world began, is the tune by Jimmy Jameson, and it, it's on. I actually thought to myself. Is that his brother? Because Sly Stallone used to use his brother, Frank mm. Stallone. And in Rocky Three, does that push in every day and every night, right? But it's the theme tune. It goes through the movie of Lock Up, turned into a tune, and I thought it was Stallone's brother. So at the end, I just thought, fast forward, fast forward, check out the credits. And then it was, uh, what was it? Uh, lyrics by Jimmy Jameson, performed by Survivor. And I was like, nah! And do you have a copy of this? Can we hear it I now? I do. Like, you, like, here we go. You ready? One, two, three. That is just so survivor, isn't it? Yeah, but it's amazing. It's amazing. But you can see there being, you know, you can actually see the movie coming after the songs of it's long going, I think I'm going to make a film about this. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Brilliant, like. Oh, tremendous. So there you go. That's our favourite songs from European artists. There was other ones out there. Um, ABBA, they had a few hits in the 80s did, as well, yeah. especially the early 80s. Um, there was... Nana, 99 Red Balloons or Luftballons or whatever you want to call it. No, neither of us mentioned that one. Uh, Vangelis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Opus, life is life. Na 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 na. Life is life. Which was was that a live recording? Because I always think that sounded like it was. Yeah, it was that one. And Susanna, I think, um, quite famous for the fact they are live recordings. So there you go. Um, Jan Hammer theme from. That was Crockett's theme, but there was also a Mammy Vice theme. <laughs> and, um, another one as well, Voyage, Voyage. Oh. <laughs> that's the one. So, yeah, that's uh, our tribute to bands from Europe. Because of the fact we've got Joey Tempest from the band Europe. Coming up very, very shortly indeed. You are hearing these drums, eh? I thought it's you pressing a button over there. I'm sure it is. No, I'm not. Look, hands up like that. Look, oh, okay. oh, wait, just I can still press that button <clears throat> from a certain angle. Told you. Keep your guns where it's meant to be. And it's all stuff. Moving on, we have got an interview with uh, a man who was part of the, one of the biggest punk bands in the world, pretty much late seventies, early eighties, uh, along with the likes of the Clash and Sex Pistols. I am, of course, talking about the Stranglers. And Hugh Cornwell, he's got a brand new album out, as uh, a lot of the old rockers do. They kind of keep coming around, and he's very prolific. I think he's made something like 15 albums wow. in the last 10 years. He's just, it's pretty crazy. But anyway, he's got a brand new album called Totem and Taboo. And here I chat to him uh, about that, uh, the fact he's on a, a tour at the moment. And uh, I start the interview asking him about um, the artwork, which uh, I'll show you in a minute because I've got the CD over here. But I asked him about the artwork because it's quite bizarre. One thing that struck me when I opened the CD, because I got the CD sent to me in the post, the first thing I saw was the pictures of Chris Bell and Steve Fishman on there. Um, and me. Uh, and Well, as I said, the first two people I saw was them. And oh, I because thought, I'm on the left oh, and they're on the right. That's it, yeah. And uh, just to explain to the listener, uh, the pictures have been uh, doctored slightly, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> it looks like um, you're all about two foot tall, three foot tall at best. I mean, what, what's happening? What's the idea behind the pictures? What was that idea? Well, I mean, I wanted to, um, you know, it's, it's, you, you have pictures of people on record sleeves mm. and things, and, and most of the time they're never, no one's ever happy with the shots that are used, <laughs> you know, because we're so vainglorious, us artists. So, uh, and then I was on a plane um, a few months ago, and I was looking through, a, thumbing through this uh, flight magazine, and I saw 
some shots of some chefs in uh, in Europe and their pictures had been doctored in the same way and I thought this is a really cool idea and yeah. they look so funny yeah they certainly do yeah. and um, and I thought I'm going to nick that idea so so uh, so I took I stole the idea in fact Steve and Chris don't even know that I've done that to them. <laughs> I'm sure I mean, pleased. Steve looks like an insect now, and Chris looks like a troll that lives under a bridge. And, and I, I don't know what I look like. I don't know. <laughs> it was just the moment I opened it up and I saw Steve and Chris, and I thought, okay. And then I looked across and I saw yours, and I said, oh, okay, all right, I get it now, I get it. But it's just, uh, yeah, it's tremendous. I like little things. But also, it. you see, you've got to think that a CD cover is so small. Yes. That you can't if it was a full if it was an album sleeve you you've got enough you've got a foot to put a person's sh- uh, you know whole body in but because the CDs are so small yeah. you know and then and then if you reduce the size of the person that you got you want to put their whole body on then their face and everything gets smaller so I thought well the most important things are their face what they do because they're holding their instruments yep and their feet. <laughs> the feet look huge. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. No, that's brilliant. Um, moving on from uh, from the album, then you, you, as you said, you mentioned in the tour, you're going to support the album on the tour, but it's a special tour as well, isn't it? Can, can you tell us why? Um, well, we're going to play the whole of uh, Totem and Taboo from beginning to end, so it's just like seeing a live performance of the of putting the album on. Which is, uh, I did that with the last album, Hoover Dam, went down mm. very well, and then we're going to take a, a short break. And then uh, play the whole of the No More Heroes uh, Stranglers album, um, as as you would hear it on the record, um, you know, in that order. I won't say it will sound exactly the same, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, that's quite an interesting uh, departure for me because a lot of the songs on that I've, I've never actually attempted to play since I left the Stranglers, mm. um, partly because um, they weren't songs that I sang. So, of course, um, yeah. Wasn't it the first three tracks were sung by different people? Uh, that is correct. Yeah. Yes, I sang I Feel Like a Wog, and then John sang Bitching, and then Dave Greenfield sang um, Dead Ringer. Oh. So that's right. And so is it, is it a nice feeling then going back to, because this is, what, 35 years old now? That's isn't it, right, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just excited that it's not going to sound the same mm. as original and uh, the original version, and I'm really looking forward to doing this with keyboards. It's the first time I've had keyboards in my lineup for... 20 since I started, had keyboards about mid 90s, so mm. nearly 20 years ago, I haven't had keyboards in the band. And I'm looking forward to this new lineup. It's going to be like the Doors lineup with a, a guitar, drums, and keyboards. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a challenge. It certainly is. And I, mean, I caught you live a few years ago and you were still playing some of the classics like Always the Sun and all that kind of stuff, uh, Strange Little Girl, things like that. But uh, is it. Do you enjoy playing the older stuff as much as the new stuff? Well, it's down to, as I said, it's down to doing them in a different way. Mm. And because I don't carry keyboards in the lineup, um, you have to be uh, inventive to, to, to make it sound correct and make it sound right. Um, you know, it, it, it just means you have to be a bit more in, inventive, and it's a challenge. You know, I, I get very bored very easily, so um, I've tried to turn it into a, into a blessing. There we go, Hugh Cornwell from The Stranglers. That'd be good to catch that gig, especially the, the fact that they're playing one of the very early albums. 
Um, big band to Stranglers, No More Heroes, Peaches, that was kind of late 70s sort of stuff. The 80s singles, massive singles, you think of Golden Brown, Always the Sun, Strange Little Girl, all that kind of you stuff. You know, I, I love Always the Sun and I, I love Golden Brown, which I remember reading somewhere, it was written about heroin, I believe, or something like that. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. But the actual, Golden if you Stranglers. think about the, how can I put this, um, the tradesmanship of the, the Stranglers being as fantastic musicians that they are, the, the intricate detail within Golden Brown, the harp scored mm. and all, it just... Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You, you kind of felt the the, the the rawness of the 70s stuff when you think of uh, walking on the beach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gone from that to the sorts of things like Golden Brown and, and things like that. It just shows you the, the craftsmanship, like you said. It just kind of evolved and became kind of 80s-ish, didn't it? In a way, because yeah. punk was kind of fading at that point, wasn't it? Yeah, and then it, yeah, but that's the thing. It didn't. It was not like it wasn't like a stop start. I think. No. Yeah, I believe every type of music evolves. Yeah, and that's evolves true. Through the decades. But saying like that is quite funny because I spoke to him um, previously. It's not the first time I've spoken to Hugh, um, and he was telling me about "Strange Little Girl," which um, is the last single they released as a single when signed up to EMI, the label. Before they got signed up to anybody, they were touting themselves, trying to get a record deal, trying to get a contract, sending out demos, this yeah. and the other. And the demo was Strange Little Girl, the song itself. This is back kind of mid-early 70s sort of thing. EMI took a listen to it. Nah, I don't think you're going to make it, guys. The song's not good enough. Blah, 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 blah. So when it came to the end of the contract with EMI, Stranglers had decided they're going to go off and sign a contract with somebody else. They had enough of EMI anyway. So EMI came to him and said, look, you need one more single to release to fulfill your contract with us. Um, so what's it going to be? And typical Stranglers turned around and said, we'll release Strange Little Girl. So the <laughs> single that wasn't even good enough to get the band signed became the last single that EMI, EMI actually released. Fantastic. But it is, it's a great song. I love Strange Little Girl. It's kind of... It's kind of eerie in a way yeah. as well. Moving on. Um, yeah. You can introduce this one because yes. it's, uh, it's your baby. This is your... This is, you love this. Yeah, in episode one of the 80s Rewind podcast, we brought you a 25th anniversary little featurette on Dirty Dancing. Well, this time around, we're bringing you something else. We're moving from 25 years to 30 years. And during September, there was a 30th anniversary. And that 30th anniversary was of one of my favourite TV shows. Mastermind. No, not Mastermind. Oh, sorry. It was, of course, Night Rider. It was 30 years ago when executive producer Glenn A. Larson, the man behind hit shows such as Battlestar Galactica, Quincy and The Fall Guy, thought to himself, I want to do a show where the Lone Ranger has a car. And that was the very moment two of the most iconic characters in TV history were born. Michael Knight and Kit. Knight Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. Michael Knight, a young loner on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, in the world of criminals who operate above the law. On September 26th, 1982, American kids turned on the TVs to the electronic sound of this amazing theme tune. Yes, indeed, Knight Rider made its debut and a star of both David the Hoff Hasselhoff, who plays Michael Knight, and his trusted crime-fighting companion, Kit. Both were products of Knight Industries, and Kit, the car used in the series, was actually a customised 1982 model Pontiac Trans Am, which, with all the modifications needed for the show, cost $100,000 to put together. Here's what MFR Sports' John Rose remembers about the series the most. I used to like the fact that every time 
Michael Knight would be able to either drive the car in the back of the truck to go back home to see Devon, Miles and Bonnie and reverse back out without ever squishing them right up the back of the truck because it would be so easy to do if he was driving in just hit the accelerator at the wrong time and then squash them and then afterwards he'd have his chat about when he was meant to like sort out the bad guys and then just reverse out and drive off sort things out head back with his leather blue zone jacket on his, his tight jeans and his big belt buckle and his cowboy boots of course and then uh, drive back up the truck and uh, everything be sorted and Bonnie in her big white jumpsuit would be able to fix the car and Bob's your uncle Kit could do many things the car drove itself communicated with Michael Knight via a watch walkie-talkie had a super turbo boost which was usually activated to jump the odd obstacle and should the pair have to evade trouble fast then they had something up their sleeve called super pursuit mode Give me super pursuit mode. With pleasure, Michael. Alright, looks like we're coming into town. Better slow down. Knight Rider originally ran for four years till 1986. Since then, it's returned in many forms, such as Knight Rider 2000 and Team Knight Rider, neither really sparking die-hard interest. Promise came, though, in 2008, when a movie was made where the plot was more or less the same as the original. The main character was a knight descendant, and this time Kit was in the form of a Ford Mustang, voiced by Val Kilmer. Please step away from the car, or I would be forced to take defensive measures. Dude, the car's talking to us. Big deal. My car talks to me. It's called GPS. Yes, but can your car do this? The TV movie slash plot got good ratings and a season was commissioned. However, things quickly changed and it wasn't renewed for a second. Despite the lack of success on bringing the show back, one thing that has stood the test of the last three decades is the theme tune. Originally composed by Stu Phillips, it's been used quite a bit in popular music by the likes of Buster Rhymes, and the Punjabi MC. And to bring us more up to date, if you've been to the movies recently, you'll have noticed that the Knight Rider theme features as Ted's ringtone in the Seth MacFarlane movie. Be it the show or the theme tune, to me, the original is still the best. So happy birthday, Knight Rider. Let's remember the good times. The final words come from rally driver, TV presenter and MFR broadcaster extraordinaire, Titch McCooey. Night Rider, fancy car, it would talk to you. Kit, I remember it well, those were the days. It could go and do its own thing. I think it was raging control, you know. I think it was some guy sitting on one of those boxes that I used to fly helicopters. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would have loved to have been David Knight. Was it that's his name? David Michael Hasselhoff. Knight. David Hasselhoff. I get my Knights and my Hasselhoffs mixed up now. Do you know what day it is? It's uh, Tuesday. Right, you're your medication, Ted. Okay. Thanks anyway, mate. What a legend, Titch McCoy. Oh. 
I mean, did, did you manage to get him sorted out in the end? Did you get his meds? Yeah, yeah. Well, he, well the thing is, he's kid. Yeah, because he was in the studio and I just did a little bit with him and then his kid, I came in. She's, she's just fine. She's oh, fine. Yeah. She's, she's quite lovely. Isn't she? she's, yeah, he's quite cool. She must be to look after him. I tell I you what, she's got, a, she's got a tough gig, that woman. Tough gig, that woman. Mm. But just talking about Knight Rider, okay? Yep. Now, you might not understand this because I can't remember. It's been a long time since I saw the original sort of first ever Knight Rider movie that was the pilot before the original yep. series back in 82 with David Hasselhoff, right? But seemingly, the actual character of Michael Knight, you know what it says? Night Raider, Michael Knight, <laughs> a man that d- does not exist. Well, the reason he says that, right, is because uh, the character of David Hasselhoff, he's a cop, right, and sort of like Serpico in the 70s Al Pacino movie, which is based on the true story of Frank Serpico, right, yeah. he gets shot in the face. Yeah. Well, that's seemingly what happened to the character of Michael. No, whatever that's, that's it was. what happened. Yeah, and he had to have like facial, facial reconstruction. That's right. That's and right. He was given a new identity. That's and all that right. Sort of stuff, yeah. And it was by whoever it was, somebody Knight, and he was the guy that owned Knight Industries 2000, yep. and then you had Devin and, and Bonnie and, and the, the jumpsuit and stuff. Fantastic jumpsuit, that fantastic. Um, although you know, jumpsuits. Um, what happened to them? And then yeah, I did the night industry's truck that they used to used to drive up, and then I always feel that that inside the truck was bigger than it needed than it, than it that possibly was because it was just a truck at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So the time you got the length of the car in, and then their little bit and stuff, you know, where did it go to the toilet? That's why I know. Might be like the TARDIS, you never know. Yeah, might just keep going. But you know, I'm just disappointed that nowadays you can't have cars. We've not got cars like Kit. We should have had them by now. It's funny because you, uh, you mentioned it in the the package there. It's a Pontiac yeah. Trans Am. Trans Am. Uh, which other famous star um, in a film used a Pontiac Trans Am? Ooh, ooh, what film ooh. was it from? That'll be Come on. The Bandit. Yay! And Smokey and the Bandit. I tell you what, Smokey and the Bandit, if you can get hold of any of the Smokey and Bandit movies, you know, his job was showing off. It was yeah. amazing. But did you not realise? So I know that the first band, it was in the 70s, and I think the second one was in the 80s. Yeah. And then you got the third one was probably late 80s, early 90s, right? That Smokey, uh, well, no, it's not Smokey, because that was the cop. Uh, the, the, the bandit, right? Burt Reynolds. Just, was it the bandit. Justice or something? That was the cop. Wasn't he was it? Yeah. Beaver, and he had the son. Beaver Justice. Beaver Justice with the sheriff. And he was like, he'd be driving with his son, uh, Junior, and stuff. <laughs> and there'd be the bit where it always happened in 70s and 80s movies. There was always a car going really fast and a truck going across the road really slow. <laughs> and you it, thought, yeah. And they all did the old duck our heads under and the carpet under and the actual roof of the car comes off. And then there was a bit where... um, That was number two, was it? That was where they had the elephant. um, Yeah, that was number number two. two. That was number two. And uh, so the roof of the car comes off and the sheriff says to Junior, he goes, Junior, hold my hat. And the son puts his head, (laughs) puts his hand on his head, right? And the son's hat blows off and he goes, Daddy, my daddy, my hat blew off. And the sheriff goes, I hope your goddamn head was in it. Like that. And then later on he goes, when we get home, I'm going to punch your mum in the mouth. That was it, yeah. There's no way, no way that you could come from my loins. Soon as I get home, the first thing I'm gonna do is punch your mama in the mouth. But I'm glad you mentioned Smoking a Bandit Uh-oh. because I'm gonna challenge you right now. Oh, okay, no. put on the first Smoking a Bandit mm-hmm. and you will see Burt Reynolds yep. in a red crisp shirt. Yep. A massive belt buckle. Yep. In jeans or denims, as they called it then, right? Are you talking about the balls here? No, not no. okay. Just checking. What's what's wrong with you? Is this is that water? Is that? Sorry. Can I just can I just hold on? Come here. Oh my god! You've spilled it everywhere. Know, but just checking that you're what drinking your water, top, man. Oh, so I have. Look at the mess of that. Oh, like a child. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just. I've, can I just stop rubbing your nipples? I'm sorry. Oh, I just. Well, I people, my, if there's oh, a webcam here. Just... I don't like touching myself, especially in public. Oh, anyway. But my point is, Burt Reynolds, red shirt and the jeans, right? Think about Michael Knight, David Hasselhoff, oh, yeah, yeah. in the in, in Knight Rider. More often than not, he wore a red shirt with a big belt buckle oh, and jeans. Yeah. And then, as John Rose mentioned in the featurette, the sort of leather blouse in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the only difference. So, my, Michael Knight, 
took his dress sense from the bandit. Ah, oh, the bandit. Brilliant, the bandit. Like the bandit. Everyone loved the bandit. And Frog. The... Remember Frog? Well, Frog, that was, that was uh, what's her name again? Sally Fisher? Sally. Sally Fields. Oh. Sally Fields. Yeah, Sally Fields, yeah. that's it, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And, uh, who was Buford T? Jackie Gleason, was it? Ja- yeah, Jackie total Gleason. legend comedian, yeah, yeah. And I think Bert that that Reynolds was sure. The bandit. And who was this? Snowman was the truck driver. Yeah, and Cletus. Cletus. Cletus yeah, he's a singer, and he no. does that. Yeah, he does that. Man, did you run the run? All was the it tunes. Him that did the songs. He did a lot of the songs ah. on the soundtrack and stuff like that. Yeah. Back to your, your yep. Night Rider then. Yes. Um, I must admit, I, I never really got into it. I don't know why. There was something about it. I don't. Well, I think that, I, I enjoyed it, but I think I think for me, the, my favourite character was probably the car itself. I mean, car was amazing. Um, what was it William Daniels? It was the voice, That's wasn't right, he? Yes. And he was uh, Dustin Hoffman's dad in The, the Graduate. <laughs> oh my and God, Paul! I remember him from oh, what is it? What's his name? Mr. Feeny from was it Boy Boy Meets Girl on Boy Meets World or whatever? It was like a kids program. He, that, he was one of the and teachers. Then, like, That's right. Yeah. I, and I'm sure he was involved. Uh, I'm sure I can see him. Right, I can see him. Just that voice. And what's her name from Murder She Wrote? Ding 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 ding. <laughs> Angela, Angela Lansbury. Lansbury. Yeah. They're in something together. I think he may, he may have, I can see him in a white jacket. Was he a, a doctor that was regular yeah. on Murder She Wrote? Was he the guy that did the autopsies? But to be fair, I'm not surprised. It's, there's certain people that remember Knight Rider from years ago mm. that maybe came across it years after. They were spot for choice. You had the A team, right? Think about when I mentioned oh, yeah, that yeah. Glenny Larson. He was buying so much. Mm. You had the A team. You had Knight Rider. You had Street Hawk. You had Manimal. Unbelievable yep. the stuff in the 80s. Yeah. Loads to choose from, and it also made a massive star, as you said, of the Hoff. And this is what I'm loving about the 80s even more is the fact that you think Baywatch is an 80s show started in 1989. <laughs> yeah. Something else he did in 1989 sang New Year's Eve at the Berlin Wall. Oh, that's right. I He was a megastar in Germany. He still People is massive in Germany. He is absolutely enormous in Germany. He had number one hits and everything, didn't yeah. he? I don't understand. Why don't you jump in my car? <laughs> He's some man, David Hasselhoff. I love it. him. I, don't I love get him. It. But then he kind of he was in like SpongeBob SquarePants movie, right. and then. Uh, the, the one about the rabbit hop he kind of he was like the right. judging personality but, on yeah, that as well um, he's become a parody of himself now, well, yeah because he sort of yeah he does um, he refers to himself as, as the hop you yeah. know I find it difficult like I don't really have a nickname but if I did have a nickname I'd find it difficult referring to myself I'm imagining going for a mortgage can I have your name sir <laughs> I'm the hop you could like, be you could be I am the cunt well this is it yes but if you went to if, if I was a bank manager and you came up and said I'm the hop I'd say I'll tell you what you can do you can off yourself right. <laughs> that's a bit rude <laughs> try another bank indeed anyway moving on with today's 80s rewind again podcast and coming up next we have a big interview with a man who uh, I mentioned this in the last episode that I was actually very nervous about interviewing this guy because he was one of my big heroes legend I'm, I'm into my kind of 80s hair metal kind of stuff um, so so yeah he was a nice guy to chat with he was on a bit of a dodgy phone line but uh, you can still make out what he's saying Anyway, what do you mean? He said he was actually interviewing you while on a dodgy phone line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excuse me, excuse me. In front of Paul, from the phone. Yeah, I'm wearing white satin. Sorry, what was that about? The song final countdown. <laughs> oh, so yeah, no, he's a legend. I'm talking about uh, Europe frontman Joey Tempest. Now he starts the interview talking about uh, how he kind of came up with the riff for Final Countdown. The riff I came up with when I was even younger, when we were uh, when we were still in the first band, Force, 
but by then I, I didn't know how to write a song around that riff. I had it in uh, in, a, in a drawer, as you say, for a while. <laughs> but then when we did our third album, we, we needed a show opener, something exciting. And then I introduced Fine uh, uh, Countdown to the guys, and we, it turned out to be a great album track for us. It was a very long track, six minutes. and. Mm. We have a different relationship to this track. I mean, this is an album track. We think it's unique and different. And we love the track. We love playing it live still. Whereas it has taken on a lot of other different meanings for a lot of people in the world. I mean, it's quite, it's one of those tracks, I suppose, a classic track that, that people uh, either love or hate. And it's been played everywhere and used for a lot of things. But for us, it's a, it's a great album track and we love playing it live, you know. Indeed, and you speak about playing it live, and it also helped, I guess, I'm guessing here, kind of get the band back together in some sort of way, because you, you played this, you performed this at a big Millennium Eve gig in Stockholm, didn't you? Yeah, that was sort of our, our uh, coming back together gig. I mean, we, we were invited to play at Millennium Eve just 10 minutes before midnight. Uh, we performed two songs, Rock Tonight and then Final Countdown, of mm. course, and... And, uh, yeah, that rehearsal that we did for that really sparked things again. John was back in the band, and it, it meant a lot to us that evening. And uh, Final Countdown, of course, was an, an apt song to play that evening. You know? Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, just touching on the fact that the band had broke up for a few years, because it was a, a quite a big gap, wasn't it? Was it 13 years between albums? Was that yeah, what, we, what, what happened there? Was it just a natural conclusion to the first part of the band's being? or I don't know. Maybe it was something like John Lennon said once. You can only do 10 years at the top of your game. Mm. And we, that's what we did. From 82 to 92, we did five albums and, you know, whatever, a thousand shows. And we worked hard. And we felt like in 92, we did the last gig in Portsmouth in, in, in the UK. And we said, let's take a break. Let's take a little break. We never really uh, split up or anything. Let's take a break. I did some solo albums. And then sort of the break became a bit too long, we think. But uh, eventually we got it together. Together and and uh, release Start from the Dark in 2004. And it all went from there. Uh, I was just looking at some of the uh, recent videos I've seen cropping up on YouTube and different things, and one of the ones that really caught my eye was uh, an acoustic um, number you did with yourself and John in, in Italy, and you did uh, Rock the Night acoustically. That sounded absolutely tremendous. Is that something you, you, you try and incorporate into your shows at all? A bit of an acoustic number to slow things down at any point? Yeah, we actually, we're going into rehearsal. I'm going over to Stockholm Stern to rehearse. And we're talking about having a section in the show with more acoustic um, guitar. Built around a song on, from the new album, probably, it, which is uh, Drink and a Smile, which is sort of a mm. more of an acoustic romp, really, 70s feel. And, and uh Hopefully the Europe show can have some dynamics in the middle. It'll be brought down completely with some acoustic stuff and then, you know, take off again. And that's what's great about ballads and mm. about slow songs and about emotional moments in the show. It's directly afterwards. You can kick off with a killer and then it takes, the show just goes on again. And that's what's great about these things. Yeah, definitely. I think especially when it comes to the acoustic, it, it shows that the strength of John's guitar playing, for one, and the strength that you still have in your voice today. Because I know a lot of rockers from the 80s, you hear them now, and they, they don't quite have the same kind of pull in their voice. But you, you still can hit all those notes, and you still got the strength in that voice that you had back then in the 80s as well. Well, thank you. Uh, I think the voice is changing slightly. My road crew is saying that, but not for the worse, for the mm. better. It's a bit huskier, maybe a bit hoarser, but <laughs> I still I don't really have... Uh, major problems yet, Touchwood. Um, 
we tour quite a lot, but the voice has been holding up. I mean, obviously, you can get a cold on the tour, or you can get you work a bit too. You do eight gigs in a row or something, and then that you're really messed up. And so occasionally, I go to the guys and say, "Tonight, I'm, I'm completely," and then they help me carry me through the show. Mm. And, Maybe had longer breaks between songs and stuff, but no, I've been lucky. The voice is changing slightly, but it's working. It certainly so. is indeed. Well, thank you very much, Joey Tempest, for joining us here on the '80s Rewind Show. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on board. Um, and if we can just finish off with the big classic, and if you can introduce it yourself, that would be brilliant. Yeah, of course. Uh, a song that to us is still an album track. It still means a lot. We love it. It's unique. And of course, when we play live, the connection with the audience. It's tremendous. Uh, it's an explosion. It's, of course, the final countdown. So there we go, Joey Tempest from the band Europe. Now they're back um, on the roads. Uh, they'll be appearing in Glasgow in November. So I definitely recommend getting on to seeing them and get hold of their new album as well, Bag of Bones. It's a, it's, it's a rocking album. You know, sometimes... Um, 80s artists that kind of come back with new material and you kind of listen to it and you think, mm, really? I probably yeah. should have left it back in the 80s, guys. But no, this genuinely is a really, really good rock album. And I think a little bit of luck, if they could get some exposure, then it could do really well. Did you ask him if, how many times he gets confused with the boy that used to drive the Stingley? Stingley, 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 Maria, Aqua Marie. Stingley, the show Stingley. Teddy Anderson, and Thunderbirds, din, 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 Stingray. When you said to me, right, when you said to me, by the way, I'm going to make you enjoy Tempest about Final Counter in Europe and stuff like that, I brought in my Stingray model for my bath thing that I've got. I'll take that in my Elvis duck. My Elvis duck, when you put it in the water, it lights up, it's great. Ho, ho, ho. Genuinely scared again. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> so well, yeah. I'm just saying it, and then okay. I realised it was him, and I thought, that's no Troy Tempest, son of a gun. <laughs> Oh, well. I keep getting things mixed up. Jump out, jump out. I'm nightmare. Anyway, thank you very much for uh, Joey Tempest and to uh, Hugh Cornwell for appearing on the, the 80s Rewind show, which is every Tuesday night, 7 till 9 on MFR2. And you'll hear the full interviews of all those. And there's plenty of other artists I've interviewed recently as well. And there's plenty coming up in Podcast 3 that I've also got lined up and ready to go. So, But we'll stay in Podcast 2 for now. We will. And it's competition time. Competition time. Bit upsetting to say this. What's this? But I think I did make it a little bit too difficult. Can I just say this? Back to the future. It was tough as. It was. No correct answers. Nobody got more than two, if I'm being honest with you. They got the first bit, they got the last bit, but the two bits in the middle, the two and the... I think I did make it too difficult. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I remember uh, last time round, we played it to each other. I still don't know what the answers are. (laughs) So are we going to go through and and do the review? Right, okay. Okay, okay. so it was this. That's tough, isn't it? Very tough. It started out with this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so. Yep, yep. And then it was the two was from this. I want to break free. Shave it. And the this was the difficult one. I thought. Yeah. It became. It came from this. The winner takes you. Is that Meryl Streep? <laughs> and future came from. I believe the children of the future. Greatest love of all by Whitney. Whitney. So. This time round, I thought I'd make it a little bit easier. Okay. okay, I agree, I agree. So, instead of it making it... Well, that was Back to the Future forwards in two seconds. This time, we're going for the big Eddie Murphy film, Coming to America. Oh, that's a great movie. A great, that's great a film. fantastic great. movie. That was when he was funny. Coming to America is, is absolutely superb. And he plays all the different characters. He's got the boy uh, and the barbers, and he goes, Get this great! The boy's getting... Get this great! No, Muhammad Ali! Don't you... Don't you goddamn call him Muhammad Ali! Get this great! you So, this podcast... Can you tell me the three song titles from... This coming to America, people. Come on! 
Oof, it's the two that's a toughie. You think? You think? One more time, one more time. Come on! Mm. I've left the two a little bit longer than it should be Uh, Like last time I had it all crammed up together Mm -hmm. That one I've left it quite a big Big bit of music either side I think It gives it away a little bit One more time See how you've crammed it together Mm. That's exactly how I do my cupboards in the kitchen Yeah, (laughs) I put my pasta to the side You're quite obsessive with things like that Everything all lined up Is it in alphabetical order or height order Yeah, honestly I can imagine you're doing that Nightmare not good at all. So anyway, yeah, if you think you can work that out, then get in touch. Paul at mfr.co.uk. I forgot to mention prizes. I forgot to mention oh, yeah, prizes. Yeah. So we still have in the old... All the rubbish from last... So, what? So the, all the, all the, the prize pack from prize last time. From Not last rubbish. I meant to say... Okay. Okay, what we We got? had Michael Bolton, Gems, the best yeah. of... Wait. Steel bars. We had Pete Waterman presents Hit Factory. Help. Double I like, this. I like trains me. We had Hue and Cry, Open Soul album. Oh, great. Like. We had Martin Hackett. The single, Scared of Heights. Oh, we just now, can I just... Oh. Put it, get it off your nipple. Sorry. And we had Nick Kershaw's single, The oh. Sky's the Limit. Yeah, although we do have a Don Quixote t-shirt. Hey, what have we got? I tell you what, this ah. is... The, I'm looking over. We need that bad boy. We can't have that. That's, 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 that belongs to uh, Country Helen. She I am pointing at Paul's copy of Songs <laughs> of Christopherson. He says it's Helen that does the country shows. And it says, it is. To Paul, love a man with a beard. Love Chris, you son of a gun. Sorry. That's Keep that is up. your album. Why are you away. denying it? Chris Add it to the pile. Add it to the pile. Right. If it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for him, truckers. Country Helens. Listen to me though. If it wasn't for Chris Christopherson, truckers would just totally hog the road. He invented the convoy one at a time behind each other. Then you get the bandit going. Oh, got smoking. <laughs> We're back to the bandit. Oh, I love that. So add it to the prize pile. Yep. Joan Armour trading Starlight yeah. album. Come Joan Armour plating. Yes. And Deacon Blue's new one, The Hipsters. Oh, wow, Deacon Blue, yeah. And I remember once I went to a Deacon Blue concert. You know the girl from Deacon Blue, is it oh, Lorraine? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And remember she was in River City and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Rick Ross has given it, oh, typical dignity. She was like, unk, 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 on the old Vero Collapso. Animal. Nice. And I'll tell you the story behind this as well. Um, do you know when the pluggers get in touch with the yeah. promoters and all that kind <laughs> yeah, of stuff? You get, yeah, you get yeah. some tat sometimes. But I got, I got somebody emailing me and say. We've got some, uh, you know, Dave Stewart, yeah, I've got some uh, Dave Stewart goodie bags to give away. Like your thinking, Dave Stewart? Your Dave Stewart? That's well, really, cool. seriously, send us a couple, so I'll email back. Oh, yeah, we'd love to have a couple of uh, Dave Stewart goodie bags, please. Thank you very much. Send.com. Yeah. Do you know what they sent me? Read that. Everybody Dreams 1908-2012. That's, that's an August-themed dated. What is it? It is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. When I saw it first, Everybody Dreams, I thought, is that kind of a play on Sweet Dreams or something? Is this his new kind of work? I opened it up, and it turns out that he's kind of got on the back of Glad Gladesmere Community School. Okay, good, Single, good. yeah, uh, dedicated to Tottenham. As in, like, Spurs? I think it's the, the neighbourhood. Right. So Tottenham. basically, special thanks to Dave A. Stewart for his generosity and support of our project. It's a school CD. Okay, cool. Are we giving the whole goodie bag? We're giving away the whole goodie bag. A school CD. A t-shirt. We've got cool. a t-shirt. It's a big t-shirt as well. Hey, all I can say is if you win, if you get this song right, the Coming to America tune, right, we've both held this t-shirt, okay? I'd actually put the t-shirt on so you can smell my musk. Nice. But I'm a bit ripe. I've been up since five o'clock this morning. That's shit. <clears throat> uh, we've got some flyers. <laughs> Excellent. I thought it was a newspaper, eh? Why? Great I stuff. You always need a flyer. You always need a flyer. Uh, we've got a balloon with everybody. Trying. I'll give a shot of that. Give a shot. Oh, don't wrap your lungs around. Oh, I've got another one actually. Okay. okay. Let's. Ah! <laughs> it's like, flipper, flipper, what's wrong? Flipper, it's okay. 
<laughs> that was a balloon, your balloon. Um, so yeah, another balloon. Hey, hey we've got a poster of some oh, sort. Well. I've not even opened that. It's, I don't it's even a poster rolled up with a bit of elastic band. Over on this occasion, me hearties, it's a telescope. <laughs> oh, me hearties. As well as that, we have two... Is it car stickers? <laughs> as if you would. Why would you put that in your car? <laughs> eh? No, no, no. put... Here's what to do. Um, like, drive in front of my car. Tail me off so I stop my car, pull me through my own driver's window, and punch me in the face. <laughs> if you see my car with this car sticker on it, that's what I'd rather have as a car sticker. And also in this goodie bag is a little teddy bear. Oh, oh. Isn't it cool. It's a cool little teddy bear. Oh, I like the feel of this fur. I wonder what it's like against my skin. Stop it! Get sorry, out of your car! Alright! People are going to win this, you know. You're looking at that plastic bag, in. you can suffocate. It all comes in a nice kind of what's like a swim bag. Is that it's what one it of those, is? yeah, that's what it's exactly like. Drawstring swim bag. Yeah. And what we're going to do is we're not just going to put the contents of the of what was in it originally. We'll put everything Stick in it. All the CD. Yeah. Oh, that is amazing! What a yeah. genius idea. Yeah, we'll we might even everything. sign the bag yeah. for you as well. We'll sign a bag. That's what we'll do. We'll sign the bag. We'll sign it to Dave A. Stewart. Yeah, we'll sign it better than Chris Christopherson and sign your album. Oh. Anyway, uh, yeah, great stuff, right? Okay, we'll oh, just play the clip out again then. So all this, all this here, this is what you could win. Come That two's a toughie. Three two's song a toughie. titles, that's all I need to know. Get in touch, paul at mfr.co.uk. You can use that email address to get in touch to suggest any sort of podcast-related stuff if you want us to any talk topics. about anything else. Uh, if you've got a favourite film, a favourite album, a favourite TV show, a favourite event, anything. If you want to t- let us talk about it, then we can do. Just email me, paul at mfr.co.uk. Also, I would like you to get in touch if you have an 80s flashback. You know, sometimes something reminds you of something, oh, yeah, and it's, yeah. that'd be quite good. See, I was reminded of this from this... Can you look at that? That's what we should do as well. We'll do that too. And we'll call that feature the flashback. <laughs> Thanks for your input. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much it for us today then. Um, one more thing to do. Have we got... Really? Well, it's, you uh, said earlier on, it's gonna be, we weren't going to go mental with the Halloween course, side of things because yes. it's officially October, right? Oh, almost so did forgot. We'd pay homage to... Uh, ooh, <laughs> so I yeah, want. Halloween's on the way. I, mean, I want. Might as well speak about Halloween-y sort of stuff. I mean... Big films from the eighties. Any Lost Boys? Films? Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. Got to be seen on Blu-ray. Watch that again. Absolutely fantastic. Okay, Kiefer Sutherland. All right. Everyone thinks, oh, he was so good at Jack Bauer. Oh yeah, he was amazing <laughs> at the leader of the Lost Boys. That was a great film. I think everybody loved that film. As soon as you get the two Corys in there, and I just said Kiefer Sutherland in there, and Jason Patrick was That's in so there. Jason Patrick he is cool as in it. Yeah. Other big uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. First one. Oh my word. Legendary. With Johnny Depp. Yep, Johnny Depp was in there. He was the one that remember he gets put in the, the prison cell and then Yeah, I think I think my favourite scene off that one was when um was it Tina? She got murdered in that one and she's like running around in the in the street kind of with her just the, the shirt on because that's how she was oh, and that's she right. and he chops off Freddie chops off his fingers and then she pulls his um, face and that comes it, off and then she's in the bed and flips around and that's she's on right, the, and she's on the and oh my god oh that's, that's my word and that's the thing as well you're like the kids then they were on coke they were drinking coca-cola they were like <laughs> like spoonfuls of coffee just to stay it was a nightmare going to bed after watching oh, that and it is an absolute nightmare just meet me at my porch at midnight oh and meanwhile meanwhile Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I tell you what, also scary, the Halloween phenomena thing, because mm. that sort of came into the yep, 80s. Right. You had the season of the witch, the third one, and stuff like that, right? And the fact that Michael Myers, who does, I don't think he's in season of the witch, but he comes back, he just doesn't die. He keeps coming back. And then Mike Myers, he came into the 90s. You had Son of Myers, murderer. Yeah, yeah, you had yeah. Wayne's World. I mean, you're just like, kill him! <laughs> Okay, what about 80s uh, kind of um, music then? Oh, about horror related? Oh, Rockwell, somebody's watching uh, me. Rockwell, somebody's watching me. Total stalker. But the big one has to be, yeah, 
you know, and, and I feel gu- I felt guilty episode one of the podcast. Ozzy Osbourne. No, no, back I, at the not back in the moon. Because right. I didn't really pay homage to this guy, but you mentioned him, and we're talking uh, about 80s, uh, like, artists and stuff. Michael Jackson. <laughs> okay, because it had to be <laughs> Thriller. One of the best albums ever. Still, one of the best albums ever. Yeah. And um, when you think of Halloween, you think about Thriller. I was actually going to come in here, okay. and just because we've got a little Halloween element at the end of this podcast, I was going to wear one glove, but the only glove I could find <laughs> that was in the kitchen was one of the plastic gloves the cleaner wears, and every time I hear the snap of a latex glove, it just reminds me of the time I tried to get out of the country. Do you know what I mean? It was never a good time. Delayed for hours, Not I was. Delayed for hours. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's give a, a big warm welcome to the biggest 80s scary Halloween related song of them all. Michael Jackson's Thriller. Honestly, we're out of gas. So what we're gonna do now? I'm sorry I didn't believe you. Can I ask you something? What? You know I like you, don't you? Yeah. And I hope that you like me the way I, the way I like you. Yeah. I was wondering if you would be my girl. Oh, Michael. Beautiful. It's official. I have something I want to tell you. Yes, Michael. I, I'm not like other guys. Course not. That's why I love you. No, I, I mean, I, I'm different. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, are you alright? Stay away! <laughs> That's the thing about Thriller, right? I know we've just recreated the start of the video there, right? Yeah. Why did Michael Jackson not turn into Teen Wolf? I mean, Because he, he's not Michael J. Fox, that's why. Because to be fair, all he did was turn into a wolf, and it really wasn't part of the video because he can't really dance in the wolf outfit. He, you know, he can't mm. really get his facial expressions because he did a zombie. But if he'd become a Teen Wolf, you know, they could have gone and watched a bit of basketball. Could have played some basketball, yeah. yeah. Could have won some games. Anyway. Anyway. It's close to midnight. Something leaf was lurking in the dark. Under the moonlight, you see a silent form of something hard. It's you. It's hard to scream, but terror takes the sound before you make it. Like this, ah, ah. You start to breathe. That's how I lose you right between the eyes. You're paralyzed. Cause it's the thriller. Thriller night. Darkness falls across 80s land. Did you turn the light on? The off? end of this podcast is close at hand. I don't like the end. Off goes Gino in search of blood. Ooh. 
and to terrorize Paul's neighborhood. Not again, Gino. Gino's foul stench is in the air. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's lingered for the last 30 years. Even I don't like the smell of it. His grisly sounds echo around the room. He's closing in to seal Paul's doom. And though the listener fights to stay alive, their body starts to twist and bend. For no mere mortal listener can resist the evil of the 80s Rewind again. <laughs> manic evil laughter, manic evil laughter. <laughs> Was he laughing at? Really wasn't that funny. However, do stick around because when we're back uh, next month, we'll have episode three of the 80s Rewind Again podcast and we are going to let you hear some of the outtakes. And they of, are hilarious. Yeah. You may have thought they did that one take, obviously. <laughs> you think that sort of quality comes in one take? So look after yourself and keep clicking your heels to think there's no place like the 80s. There's no place like the 80s. We'll see you next month. Until then, happy Halloween. Woo. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> you can check us out, the Gino Cotty at twitter.com. And what are you? 80s Paul. That's it. But if you follow 80s Paul, I'll follow you because he follows me. We follow you. It's like Genesis all over again. I think that's maybe a catchphrase we've got. We trademark. Okay. Yeah. Love Bye. you. Love you. Bye. Bye. You don't really love me, do you? Do you love me? I think we're just good. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. <laughs> just spy everywhere. It's horrible. Oh, my word. Oh, it's a bit fast, though. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Get more from the North's number one radio station at mfr.co.uk.